Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Adventures in Contracting. I am Leona Charles, CEO and founder of SPC Business Consulting, LLC, where we do all things contracts. So a couple housekeeping items, how to find us. You can hear our episodes on SoundCloud at Adventures in Contracting or on the podcast website at spcconsulting.org. You can follow us, send us messages, and topic requests of any kind to any of our social media accounts. Twitter at contracting underscore N, uh, Facebook at SPC Con- Consulting, rather, sorry, and LinkedIn at Adventures in Contracting, or a good old-fashioned email at podcast at adventuresincontracting.info. So today's episode is one that's really near and dear to my heart. And it's really funny because it started out as a um, kind of cringy Facebook conversation. Um, I was in a business group and there was a lot of conversation going on about EINs and DUNS numbers. Um, There is a lot of kind of misconception and misinformation going around about having a DUNS is just the way that you register you register to uh, get government contracts. So those of us that have been in this for a while know that you can't register for a contract and that a DUNS number is not the way that you do that. There are a couple of things that um, do go along with it that I want to touch base on today. But the main purpose of today's episode is just to provide some clarity on um, what a DUNS number is, what it does, and what it means for you as a contractor. Um, So to get started, a DUNS number is, in fact, different from your EIN. Uh, Your DUNS number is used for business credit um, to help you secure capital, to help you um, get loans, to help you pay off loans, to, you know, report your assets. It's a credit tool. Um, An EIN is your employer identification number, and it's what the IRS uses for tax identification purposes. So while both numbers are free to obtain, um, you have to obtain them from obviously two very different entities. Uh, your DUNS number comes from DUNS and Bradstreet, and your EIN is issued by the IRS itself. Again, both are free, but you, they do have to be um, issued separately. So while they are free to obtain, you do, in fact, have to have a DUNS number at the current moment to register on SAM.gov, which is what kind of solidifies and validates your company as a legitimate federal contractor or a lot of state and local governments use SAM too. It's what tells them this person has kind of checked off all of the things that they need. They're a legitimate contractor. They don't have any exclusions against them. They're good to go. They are a good faith contractor um, and they're in good standing. To register your company on SAM.gov, you do need to have a DUNS number. Luckily, with the changes with moving uh, beta SAM to now SAM.gov, it's fully functional. You can get this number on SAM.gov. You can go in there. There's a link to DUNS and Bradstreet. You click it and it'll take you. Before, you had to kind of go all over the internet to find all of these things um, on these separate websites. So now having it in in one place is, is really helpful, particularly to new contractors. So you have to have your DUNS to register in SAM. Um, however, you can use either an EIN or your social security number to complete that registration in SAM. So your tax ID doesn't have to be an employer ID. It can be if you're a social provider. It can be your social security number if you don't have an EIN. Um, so all of this 
is necessary if you have any designs on federal contracts or any designs on grants. You need to have these, both of these numbers in some form. You need to have a DUNS or you're going to need to have either your EIN or your social security number. So all of this is going to change, however. It's slated to change April 4th of 2022. So a couple of things to remember is that are that this DUNS number is going to be replaced by a unique entity ID. So you will still be able to get the UEI from SAM.gov. And what this UEI is and what what DUNS is supposed to do is it's a uniqueness identifier. And that uniqueness is defined as a entity being a separate entity and or associated with a separate physical address. So if you are a large conglomerate, if you've got subsidiaries all over the world, um, each subsidiary would have a different um, UEI and would have um, a different address, ostensibly. Um, if you are a kind of a multinational company or you're, you just have just a ton of divisions all over the country, the ideal is that every separate physical address where you have a... Um, a division of your company or a, a separate arm of your company operating, that would have a different UEI as well. So things to remember for, I, I keep coming back to this April 4th deadline because there is going to be a transition. GSA is already rolling out um, the transition plan and most of it has taken place. So on April the 4th, this whole transition should be completely taken care of. It should be completely done. And here's what you need to keep in mind with that. So up until April 4th, entities will continue to register in SAM.gov using a DUNS number assigned by DUNS and Bradstreet. After April the 4th, you will no longer need to do that. Um, you'll be able to get your unique entity identifier on SAM.gov. Um, your entity uniqueness will continue to be validated by Duns and Bradstreet as part of the Duns number process until April 4th. So if you're registering today, you're registering next week, you're registering next year um, on um, October the 1st, you're still gonna you're still gonna need a Duns number. Duns and Bradstreet is still gonna be the entity that validates it and says, yes, this information is correct. Yes, this person is in good standing. Yes, your information that they've put in on SAM.gov matches the information that we have here at Duns and Bradstreet. So that's going to continue up until April 4th, 2022. After April 4th, all of that information is going to be taken in one place at SAM.gov and you will no longer need them to uh, validate it. After April 4th, um, Ernst & Young is going to be the contractor that validates the information for the unique entity identifier. Any updates you need to make to your business name and your physical address associated with your UEI, will you will be able to do in SAM, which is really good. Um, prior to Prior to this change, uh, we had to send in a notarized letters to a specific address that that was not really associated with SAM, it was associated with the help desk. Um, you had to get that letter notarized. You had to have specific verbiage on it. Um, and it, it was it was kind of a process, right? And if you're not familiar with the process, um, a lot of a lot of my clients are like, I don't know what to do when I'm trying to um, 
when I am trying to update my expired uh, registration, it's coming back to me saying no. And it's usually because you didn't go through the correct process to update your, your address or update your point of contact or update some part of your registration is not coming back with the same information that um, DNB is getting. And that's usually where that comes from. So what they've done, which is really great, is they said, okay, well, this process seems to be really cumbersome. People seem to be having a lot of issues with it. So you know, let, let's just move it under SAM.gov. And in doing that, it's one place where you can do it. It's one central location, one set of instructions, one email or one web address that you have to remember. And all of your information should already be there. So it can hopefully just, just be transferred over. Um, those updates will include your legal business name, physical addresses, and like I said, your your government point of contact. That's that's really what is needed in this portal. But what's really good is it's just one place. Um, you'll be able to find customer support in a single help desk. So right now you have to go to a couple of different help desks. Like you have to go to the SBA help desk to get um, any help on on your uh, your SBA profile. You have to go to um, the uh, you have to go to other help desks to get um, other set asides like HubZone and all that stuff. You have to go to different parts of SBA to get it. And it, it, it's a, I mean, it's kind of like a full day's work getting all that stuff changed. So one of the best things about a uh, UEI is that everything is going to be consolidated into one single help desk. So whatever issue you're having, you'll be able to call the Sam help desk and say, Hey, I have an issue with this and it's part of my registration. So you they'll not, they'll, they will no longer tell you, Oh, that's an SBA issue. So just call the SBA help desk and, and they'll be able to walk you to that or, Oh, that's a GSA issue. So call them and, and they'll walk you through. And then you spend um, 20 years on the phone trying to get somebody to walk you through the process or just kind of tell you absolutely what is actually the issue. So that is really helpful that it will be in one single help desk. And I, I, I really look forward to that. Um, a couple of things to, to keep in mind with the April 4th, 2022 deadline um, is as well as you having to continue to use your current uh, DNB number or your current DUNS number or go to DNB and get a DUNS number if you don't have one already until April 4th, um, as I said, DNB is going to continue to validate that until April 4th, but also subcontract reporting will continue to require DUNS until April 4th. So this change is not happening tomorrow, but this is to help you prepare for that change when in fact it does come. Also starting in um, Q1 of fiscal year 2022, interfacing systems will be able to send either the UEI or the DUNS number to any systems that are linked in that kind of pull information. And for that, we're talking about um, usually a lot of um, a government offices that do checks, like with government offices that award uh, contracts, they will do um, a internet pull of your DMB information. I know if you do business with the district, it does kind of a pull from, from DNB and it pulls that information. So up until April 4th, of 2022 that will continue after that it's gonna it's gonna complete this transition over to sam.gov where everything should go from there and from what i understand systems will be able to talk directly to sam to pull that same information from them they will no longer need to go through um 
through the third party to do it. I'm not really sure how that works with Ernst & Young being the the contractor that is managing this information. Um, I assume they're going to just do the they're going to man the help desk and they're going to kind of deal with issues and they're going to make sure that transition is smooth. But the the way that it was explained to me is that in theory, everything is supposed to be able to pull, be pulled directly from SAM.gov, which should be incredibly helpful for businesses, particularly small businesses, because we don't have a lot of manpower to kind of spend eight hours on the phone chasing different offices to try to get the information and you call one office and they're like okay here's a piece of the puzzle call this office and get the other piece you call them and they're like okay you're almost done but you're going to need to talk to this person so the hope is that it's going to alleviate some of that administrative burden to to get your expirations updated um to submit any set aside information uh to verify information and it's also going to create an easier um, user experience for the government side because they should be able to pull everything in, in one area now what that means for contractors and particularly small businesses is that on april 4th starting from april 4th it's going to be even more important to have everything correct. So your SBA profile is going to need to reflect all of your certifications. It's going to need to reflect your correct address, your correct point of contact, the correct contact information, because as a one-stop shop, that literally is where everyone is just going to go and pull things from. So it's more important than ever once this, once this transition is completed, that all of your information is up to date and it is correct. And it's the information that you want out there forward facing for the government points of contact to use to get in touch with you. It's also going to be very important that you are presenting the correct uh, NICS codes, the correct SIC codes. Um, and if you don't know what they are, then I would encourage you to go look them up and make sure that you have identified every primary and secondary code that applies to your business as possible because you're going to want to use those when you're pulling sources sought, when you're pulling requests for information and you're doing your acquisition planning and your business development. Those are really, really, really important tools because when you meet with a contracting officer and they want to know more about you, you have your initial meeting and you talk to them about your capabilities and you leave your capability statement the first thing they're going to do is then go to Sam and pull your profile and see what your profile reflects. They're going to see what your your certifications or representations reflect because you can sit there and tell them, oh, yes, I'm a small business. We've, we're certified. We have all this stuff. But if your certs and reps don't show that you're a small business, they are not going to be able to give you that the credit for that set aside. So it becomes really, really, really important that you're one, reading all of the things that are in SAM that you're required to do, but also that you're making sure that they're updated as your business grows, as it expands, as it you know evolves, there are going to be changes. Some of those changes are going to be physical. You're going to move from one location to the next. Some of it is going to be in your revenue, um, your annual revenue increases. Some of it is going to be on your staff increases, but all of those things are very important because they play into set-asides, they play into um, size limits, and you need to be on top of those when you're presenting yourself to the government as a small business. You need to make sure that your NAICS code, you know, allows for the amount of employees you have, the amount of annual revenue you have, that 
that doesn't take you over the the size limitation. And as a contractor, it's your responsibility to do that. So it is really imperative that you stay on top of that. Um, I'm trying to think what else you should know about this. I think the most important part is to know that you should be prepping for it. Um, as a contractor, there's, um, there's a, a thing that I talk about a lot. It's called a Christian doctrine. And in contracts, it basically says um, anything that should have been in the contract that isn't in the contract is in the contract. And so the way that I feel about it, um, registrations and making sure everything is accurate, I I kind of, I advise my clients on the line of the Christian doctor. It sh- if you know it should have been in there, then just do it. Whether or not you talk to somebody and they said it was done, ultimately as a business owner, it's your responsibility to make sure that it was done, to make sure that it's completed, to make sure that you have accurate information and that is reflected in your profile. And if you see something that isn't accurate, then you're going to have to carve out some time in your day to do that admin work to make sure whether you can delegate it to someone else, which is great if you can. Um, But if you're small and you got to wear one of the 15 hats and you have to do it Um, you have to do it yourself, just carve out some time in your day. Um, Know that it's going to probably take about an hour or two at least to to figure out what's going on and who you need to talk to and how you need to fix it. So just carve out that time to get it done. The good thing that I, the takeaway from this particular episode is April 4th, 2022. That's when life is supposed to get a lot easier for us small contractors. That administrative burden is supposed to be eased a little bit with the, the, the um, consolidation of all of these different requirements into the SAM.gov site. Um, The UEI is non-proprietary, so you're no longer going to have to kind of stress out about whether or not it's just the DM, the Dunza Bradstreet method of of, of credit worthiness is supposed to be non-proprietary, easily passed between whatever contractor wins the management award for it. Um, and it's supposed to be a little more transparent, which I think is is incredibly useful, particularly for small businesses that are trying to, you know, build a build capital and build an infrastructure. Knowing what they need to do to succeed is, I think, paramount in helping them to succeed. Um, but also, you know, I'm for anything that makes this this world and this contractor life a little easier in terms of a small business because we. We have so many things, right, that are on our plates and so many things that we have to worry about and think, is this right? Is this something that we should be doing? Um, Is there somebody that could tell me what I'm doing? Knowing that all of this is going to be in one place and knowing that now, you know, in September of 2021, we can start prepping for next year, you know, next spring to be ready for a change that is just going to really, really increase the quality of life around our business and the way that we do business. It's really going to increase the way that we can utilize our staff and really it's going to increase the way that we can compete. And I think that's the biggest thing is that that competition becomes a little easier when there's less for you to worry about and manage. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that you can get from this episode is that this change is coming. It's already happening. It's in its final legs. But once it does happen, it's going to make life so much easier for you as a small business and a government contractor. Um, But make sure that you're staying ahead of the curve and you're not trying to play catch up. You're going to need this to win your contracts. You're going to need this to perform on your contracts. You're going to need this to source your contracts. You're going to need it to, you know, register your business 
to respond to contracts. So if there are any questions, you know, send us an email, shoot us a tweet, question on Facebook or LinkedIn, that works as well. Be happy to, to, uh, give you most of our, our top of the head, top off of the top of the head knowledge, excuse me. Um, but this is a good change. And I think, um, a lot of my uh, episodes are kind of like, I cannot believe the government is doing this. What is happening? But this is a good one. Um, I think this is a great use of resources. It's a great use of uh, user experience. It's a great year, a great use of, of, of knowledge. It's, it's just a really, I think it's a really good thing. And I, I know for years people have railed against D&B and I know that I was never a fan of it, uh, of the district using it to determine whether or not a contractor would win an award or not, because more often than not, um, your information on DUNS was not accurate. And it, it is so difficult to update it and change it. They make it very, very difficult. So I am a huge, huge fan of this consolidation. I, I, I think it's amazing. I think it's going to do really good things in terms of, you know, assisting with small and minority businesses getting creditworthiness updated. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. And I'm, I'm really, really happy to see it. And I'm really happy and excited to see how it turns out. And so if you take away anything from this episode today, take away that this is going to make your life easier. It's going to make it better. Um, and it's going to help you. It's going to help you win this contracting game. So thank you guys for joining me and listening to, listening to me ramble on about this. Um, I will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.